everybody. Welcome to BIC episode 40, the modestly running episodic whatever this is. It can't be longest running because that would just be factually incorrect and completely wrong. On the live stream, you can pull that stunt off. On this one, not so much. But nonetheless, third episode of the panel format. Thank you once again to folks joining me. Mr. Bobbles, good evening. How are you? How are you guys doing? Doing Excellent. well, doing well. Eric, how are we doing this evening? Fantastic. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So we've got a couple of things that we'll be discussing on our minds, which is going to be a lot of fun. And then we'll also be doing a topic talking a little bit about the idea of becoming a little bit desensitized to new pickups. To the frequent collectors and regular collectors, it's one thing that uh, becomes a little bit of a problem when things become a bit of a grind and it becomes this almost procession. Like you're still collecting and you still got a goal in mind. But the goal almost overtakes the joy, uh, the little joys of enjoying the steps along the way. It's, you know, not so much sm stop and smell the roses as much as we'll get on to the next thing because we're, we're trying to get to the destination so badly we're not enjoying the journey. So that's kind of the idea of what we want to talk a little bit about. So before we get into what's on our minds, including me briefly discussing the Packers while being perplexed, predominantly perplexed, just spoiler, I'm going to be very perplexed. But before we get into that, I quickly want to acknowledge our, good, our friends here uh, at AMG Collectibles, who are sponsoring the channel as far as the podcast and the live stream, amgcollectibles.com, and also the YouTube channel, amgcollectibles.com, something that is going to be coming in the coming days. We've got some stuff, I've got some stuff that's going to be planned with those folks. Now, I do want to acknowledge a couple of things uh, since they're coming up this week. On Friday night, they're going to have a trade night that's going to be happening between 5 to 8 p.m. locally over in the store in Nova Scotia. They're also going to have the monthly card show happening on Saturday, September the 30th. Uh, from 9 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. So two things, obviously, if you're in the local area, if you check this out and you're over there locally, so those are going to be good. From what I've seen from a lot of the shows they do, a lot of them are a lot of fun, and they do a really good job keeping the cost low for people to come in the door. The table prices are low, which means that the dealers can have singles and do a lot of that. So that's something that we've talked about in the past, which I think is really good. It means the dealers are not under a bunch of pressure to make crazy sales, and it means that the regular collectors are probably going to find some bargain bins that they can have some fun with, which I think is really good. It helps the show and a lot of that. So it's something I'd love to attend at some point in the future because those shows look like they're a lot of fun. So we'll definitely include that as well. And the other thing I want to mention is that there are three products being released this week. So I'll quickly acknowledge them. 2023 Tops Allen & Ginter Baseball. So those of you who enjoy that product, that's an interesting one. Uh, second one, Eric's personal favorite product, 2023 Tops UEFA Champions League Soccer. Oh, man, let me tell you. Whoo! Exciting. And then third of all, his least favorite, 2023 Upper Deck SPX Hockey. Because as we all know, Eric hates hockey. Not a big fan. But, you know, the UEFA Champions Finest Soccer? Very exciting. So those are three new products coming in this week at the shop. Thank you for AMG Collectibles for supporting the channel and this podcast and whatever it is we're going to do for the remainder of this episode. See, it's smooth, Eric. Smooth. <laughs> Let me tell you. I'm going to look forward to actually my favorite part is going to be looking at looking up a lot of these products as we go into it, because one of the things is going to be actually going into a little bit more depth. It's going to get it's, it's the reason that I that I was looking forward to this is that I actually like products, even if I'm not going to be collecting everything. I want to know more about the products. It's like it gives me good, a valid, legitimate excuse. All right. You know what? I don't care about UEFA Champions League, but OK, show me what you got. What, what kind of inserts you got? What, what are you putting together? Like, show me. I, I know what finest is, but are you putting a, a unique twist on it? I'm interested. SPX, obviously, I know SPX going back a ways. What's the new SPX? What do you got for us, Upper Deck? And that, that, it's that kind of thing that I think it, it keeps it fun for me. I can live vicariously through whatever it is they're putting together in the new product. And obviously, it's, it means new things are coming in, and that's fun for people to collect the new stuff. SPX puts out good stuff. This is 2010-2011. For those who uh, can't see, it's a Martin Brodeur two-patch card. 
um, you know, really did a nice job with this one. So SPX always puts out good stuff. Yeah, the brand has um, a lot of history. That's why I say, like, I look forward to seeing it, even if I'm not necessarily interested in every new thing they come out with. The brand has history. It goes back quite a ways. So it's one of those things where, like, yeah, show me the new version. What does it look like? And I can compare it to the past and decide for myself whether I like it or not. And that's kind of the fun with a lot of it. So with that said, guys, let's uh, get into it here a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm going to quickly talk about why I'm perplexed, and then uh, we'll talk about whatever's on our mind. So week three, NFL. Um, I was actually at a card show this weekend on Sunday. I uh, had a little bit of fun with it. Short trip. I did the video on my channel earlier talking briefly about it. Didn't grab too much stuff. Mostly it was just kind of hanging out with Bobby. We had a, we had an extended lunch after, and it was a lot of fun just getting the chance to chit-chat a little bit. But it was good energy in the room, I'll say. It was a bit of a, it was a TCG card show kind of combined. But I was only peripherally keeping an eye out on what was going on in the game. And what I saw was that through three quarters, the Packers did nothing. And heading into the fourth quarter, they were down 17-0. So when I saw they came back, and I was actually on my way back when I saw that, I was able to catch the very tail end. I got home, and since I got the DAZN streaming thing, I skipped ahead straight to the fourth quarter to figure out what the heck happened. <laughs> like, okay, explain to me how we arrived at this, at this place that I'm confused by. 11 minutes left in the game, they scored their first points. With 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter, they, it was 17-3. to three. So they were still down by 14 points with 11 minutes left. The Saints get the ball back, and they actually had maybe about a two-and-a-half-minute drive. So they actually drove down the clock a little bit more, uh, had got a couple first downs and moved the ball, and then things started to slow down and grind down to a halt. But here's my thought, really high level. I already know that other teams can run on the Packers. So even if the Saints don't necessarily have good running backs, I'm thinking, like, why wouldn't you try running more? The clock is now your ally. The clock is your friend. You take off, like, another two minutes or so, two-and-a-half minutes, you're comfortably under 10 minutes and you're into nine minutes left with a 14 point lead. The clock is your ally at this point. You, you just run down the clock, you know, <laughs> take, take advantage of the situation. You don't have to do anything crazy, but yeah, somehow the saints uh, snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. And what my other takeaway though, is that uh, credit to Jordan Love and the young guys on the, on the Packers, because they were depleted. They didn't have all their best guys and there were injuries during the game as well. And they didn't quit. So I can't draw any definitive conclusions from that, but they didn't quit. In reality, they beat a team that probably should have been able to close it out and the Bears, who are terrible. So, the, so uh, you know, I, I predicted five wins for this team, and they, they look kind of like a five-win team, but they're scrappy. They'll hang in there. They didn't give up. So I, that's a positive. I'll, I'll take that as a positive. And Jordan Love didn't give up, and his team was ready to rally around him. So those are positives. And obviously, you know, they're 2-1. So it counts. It's still it's still in the record book. It's two and one, even though the, the Saints fans probably should be scratching their head a little bit of that one. It was car or not that that shouldn't have happened <laughs> the way it, the way it went down. Those are just my thoughts. I personally think the NFL in general this year has been weird. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have uh, the Arizona Cardinals who shouldn't like beginning of the year nobody thought they would do anything like they were the weakling of you know of the nfl and here they are sitting two and one and had a chance to be three and oh if washington didn't come back on them in the fourth quarter in week one the cardinals could be sitting three and oh and they just mm -hmm. beat the cowboys who were demolishing everybody in weeks one and two so don't know what happened there um my boys lost yesterday to the Colts. Didn't expect that one. Didn't have that on my bingo card. Um, the Dolphins throwing up 70 
I mean, Tua's looking like he's a freaking superstar if he can, you know, as long as he can remember what his name is, the the dude's a freaking insane quarterback, it looks like. Um, so, yeah, it's just been weird. The, the Bengals haven't been great. Uh, Steelers came out week one looking like garbage, and they've seemed to figure something out a little bit there. They're not great, but they're okay. Um, so, yeah, the NFL in general is weird. I'd agree with that. I think that's fair. Uh, so it doesn't have to be NFL, Eric, but uh, any any thoughts, anything occupy your mind? I just wanted to talk about the week three thing since obviously that game stood out to me and I went back sure. and watched the replay of it. So obviously it stuck out to me. Uh, no, for me, it was just uh, I had the pleasure of uh, having a friend of the show come uh, come visit me for a couple of days. Our good friend yep. Yannick um, went to to the Baseball Hall of Fame in New York and on his way back to Quebec, um, stopped by here in uh you know 20 minutes outside of boston and, and for the um, audio version uh, folks that's eric holding up his phone with a picture of yannick and a cardboard standee of himself yes of course um so it was it was great to see him i haven't um you know i haven't been physically around him since last november so it was you know it was great to you know i talked to him all the time and see him on video on the, on fridays and sometimes but i haven't um haven't had a chance to be around him so it was great yeah we hung out for a couple of days and and um you know just just had a bunch of laughs and a good time so yeah that was kind of cool very nice very nice anything else on your mind bobbles the strike you um i want to say a big shout out to my daughter um i actually thought i was gonna be running a little bit late this evening because she got back in home late today but uh, she went to a – she's doing cosmetology. She's actually working on her degree or whatever. It's actually a, a college course that she's doing for cosmetology and everything. And uh, But today uh, she had a competition, and we thought – me and my wife thought it was just a qualifier for later on in the year to see if she could advance on. But no, it was actually a competition. And um, – she said she went against like 70 other people and she brought home first place in the the hair thing. I, I don't know all of the hairstyles, so I apologize. But uh, she got a plaque, a ribbon, um, some fancy expensive hair dryer and some sort of scholarship. So we're trying to look into the scholarship thing to see if that's to help pay for the... Uh, the, the college courses she's doing right now through right. the uh, technical side of the high school. But yeah, she, she was very excited uh, awesome. when she left this morning. She went with a no big deal, you know, mindset. And then she was really excited when she won. So um, it was good to see her not pressure herself and psych herself out and did what she knew she was capable of doing. So excited to see what she does in the future and shout out to her. Nice job. Nice, nice. Well done, well done. Now, I think um, before before we continue, uh, is there anything else that is on that is on our minds before we can get we'll get into the main topic? Uh, the New England Patriots. I'll take, I'll take that pause as a no. He's no, thinking about New, it. The New England Patriots are clearly, uh, you know, the second greatest team in um, NFL history after almost beating. Uh, Miami last week and uh, had them on the ropes with, <laughs> wow. 
with just with just you know minutes to go, uh, the Patriots could have beat Miami, and then the next week Miami turns around and destroys another professional franchise like no team has ever done, um, which tells me that Miami's the greatest team of all time, and the second greatest team of all time uh, must be the New England Patriots. That's the only way I can look at it. So uh, that is an interpretation. There is I nothing suppose. wrong with second place. First well, loser. I mean, we didn't need this season to tell us that. The Dolphins have the undefeated season, the best of all time, and the yeah. Patriots had the undefeated until they he- hit Eli Manning's season yeah. to where they did not go undefeated. So they yeah. were already number one or two. We didn't need this season to tell us that. And, of course, well, by that by that transfer logic of transference that Eric is trying to invoke here, by yeah. the logic of transference, that makes Eli Manning the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah. Yeah. He basically demol- he took your undefeated season and he Thanosed it. Nope. He said, nope. Not going to happen, my buddy. Played, not going to happen, my dude. Sorry. He, he played a heck of a game. Anyone who says he didn't wasn't watching. But uh, off transference is spoken. But, but uh, you know, <laughs> a lot of people are down on the pats around here because uh, we're used to a, a different type of, you know, uh, record. But you were down on the pats because of their logo. Oh yeah, I don't like the flying Elvis. Never. Have. I was gonna say like it's like you or you already said like I want to go back to the '80s where they sucked. No, I said I want to go back to the '80s where they had cool uniforms like this and one. And they sucked. <laughs> like this one, um, being worn by Ben Coates in his in his rookie card. For but, those who can't see, that's a Pacific card of Ben Coates, and if you look really closely, you can see a single tear because you realize, oh my god, this team sucks. <laughs> but our logo's cool. They, 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 our logo's cool, but we're trash. But our logo's well, cool. They had they had multiple one in fifteen seasons. That is true. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't watch them on TV back then because of the blackout rules, and nobody went to the games. Mm. So you so. know, speaking of the Bears being terrible, um, the Bears did win a Super Bowl once. Who did they beat? Uh they beat the uh, eighty-five Patriots. Mm, the ones who had the lovely uniforms, but were trash. They got demolished. Oh, you were beaten by a refrigerator. <laughs> yes. A refrigerator. Yes, a refrigerator beat us. <laughs> you know. Uh, You're yes, being that's... defeated by appliances is the point I'm trying to get at, Bobbles. Appliances are beating the 80s Patriots. It ain't good. And they, they were kind of the original TikTokers, too. I mean, they came up oh, with that's true. song the Super Bowl Shuffle. and the dance. And Dang. All they needed you're, was You were beat by dancing appliances. Dancing, dancing TikToking appliances. Yes, that is true. And at the time, it was the worst Super Bowl defeat in history. Yeah, yeah, but the logo's cool. That's the important thing. The important thing is the logo's cool. They looked good doing it. They look good. They, they look good getting good. their asses kicked, let me tell you. I agree. <laughs> see, see, I was kind of, I, I, I was worried for a moment that the, that our what's on our mind thing would not lead to a wonderful moment. It's like, well, now we've learned something new about the 85 season that we didn't know before. You're all welcome. Let's go. move on. All right, let's get into the topic. Uh, let's get into the topic du jour. More than anything, it was talking about the idea of getting, as I mentioned a little earlier, it's the idea of as a collector, you know, having goals as a collector is great because it gives you a little bit of direction. It gives you a little bit of purpose. It gives you, it gives you the feeling of progression. I'm a big fan of goals for that reason. It's like it, as you're going along, it gives you that sense. It, it's it's weird just collecting things and like no rhyme or reason, no aim, no direction. It just goes on indefinitely. But if you've got a little bit of direction, it's great. But the problem is sometimes when you lose sight of 
the path and the journey heading towards whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, a set, or you're a player collector and you're trying to do certain things. And it becomes this thing where you're just intake, 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 new stuff comes in, maybe you enjoy it for like half a second, and then it's on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. And that's kind of the, the, the topic and the angle we were looking at it. And it is something that I think most people, if they've been collecting long enough, do occasionally fall into. And if you can catch yourself, that's good, because then occasionally you'll be like, hold on, slow down. Let me take a second and enjoy this. I've tried to make a mechanism here where when I pick up something that's really tough, I'll actually leave it at the desk for a little while. I'll intentionally have it like in, you know, within arm's reach or within visible range so that I can kind of enjoy it for a little bit before it goes in the boxes, before it gets processed. It's not the immediate. I'll do the pickup video. I'll do all that. But then if I reach over, I got the card within arm's reach either on one of the table or the desk or something, just so that I can take a look at it because, you know, I've been looking for this car for 20 years. So rather than just, you know, gloss over it and move on to the next thing, there'll be more stuff coming in for sure. But I'd like to enjoy it for a minute before, before we move on to the next thing. And that's intentional to try to stave off that a little bit. So first, uh, Eric, you want to give any initial thoughts about that concept or maybe times where you've caught yourself maybe doing that a little bit? Yeah, I, I, I caught myself a couple of weeks ago which made me, you know, have this discussion with you guys to, to kind of talk about this, that I went to the mailbox, got the package. As, you know, as soon as you get something out of the mail, you get that adrenaline rush. You're totally pumped. Um, walked into the house, into this office, opened up this drawer, took out the razor knife, slipped the top of the bubble wrap, took the card out, looked at it, Turned, put it in the box, walked out of the room. Bobbles, by the way, I think it's underrated that Eric went through the trouble. For those that are listening only, you you got sound effects. And yeah. Eric, it in fact, take the box cutter and, and extend it so that we could yeah. see, in yes. fact, that it had a blade in it and then yes. slashed it. Very similar to, you know, some uh, folks that are in, you know, true crime stories. If you're on a true crime podcast, that sound may sound familiar to you for certain circumstances, allegedly. Eric, is there anything else you'd like to tell us about your knowledge base as far as sound effects and, you know, knives? Well, you know, I mean, I do yeah, like... You had knives. a little bit of technique going. You had a little bit of technique happening, you know? I, you know, I do like knives, but um, always have one on me. But, if we um, clip this out of context, Bobbles, this will get incredibly funnier. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyways, the, the, the point is, I got to about the living room and realized that I, I mean, I spent money on this. I was excited to get it, but I never appreciated it. And then I started thinking that this is kind of a routine that, you know, I search for something on eBay. I search for something at shows. And then I once I get possession of it, it's, it's immediate that it goes into a box and I don't see it again for weeks, months, years. And it's immediately on to the next thing. And I, I'm like many people, I have a, I have a binder filled with, with checklists. And I'm always, you know, marking things off and looking. What, what, sorry, what does it say on the folder there? What did you write? Projects. <laughs> I thought so. Wait, you yeah. didn't dot the J? You heathen. What are you doing over there? Bobbles, what, what is this man doing? I, I love the tape. He's got the good silver duct tape I was gonna say, holding is that duct this tape there? binder well, the, together. The, the folder started to fall apart, so I had to 
protect it. Jesus, how long have you had that folder? Have you had that folder since the, since the Patriots were beaten by an appliance? Yeah, just about. <laughs> uh, I don't like to throw things away. I'm a hoarder. By the way, I now know what the title of this episode is going to be. <laughs> Projects. So, um, no, it's going to be about the Patriots were beaten by an appliance. Oh, there you go. Uh, so I realized that I, I'm spending money, which is really what it, you know this whole thing comes down to. But you're not enjoying the 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 reward, and I am now trying to spend um, more than a second enjoying, you know, the the reward, and instead of just putting it there, opening this up and say, okay, which one am I going for next? And then I search for that one. That one comes in. That goes in the box, and I move on again. So we all love the hunt. The hunt is, I think, the the biggest part of the hobby. And once we find what we're looking for, it's quickly on to the next hunt. And I think all of us, it was just an opinion, should take more time to appreciate, um, you know, the, you know the the spoils uh, of the hunt. You know, instead of you know just quickly going out for the next thing. So that's what I'm trying to do different now. And like Carlos said, I, I you know this came in today. Um, it's not in the box; it's sitting on the desk. It's going to sit on here for a bit. I my desk is filled with some of my favorite things um, now. Where before my desk was empty, and now I have things on it that I can appreciate. And I'm going to try to mix that up, um, you know, every once in a while. So I'm trying to do things different. Makes sense. Bubbles thoughts, kind of high level thoughts to start off with on the same concept because you, you do collect different things. And down the road, we, we already discussed, we'll have another topic talking about a little elements of figuring out collecting wise. But other, but you do have projects. You've got different player collections and things you've done in the past. Is there a little bit of a tendency to almost have the, all right, this came in, this came in, this came in. You do have displays and stuff. I know that's one thing you've definitely been able to do. Is that a more recent thing or you've been doing that for a while? How, how do you play off of this concept? So as far as the displays go, the back wall back there, and for those listening, I have eight foot shelves, two of them, uh, that span an entire wall. And that is my nationals collection, a big portion of it. Um, but I do have, you know, you can't see, I have display cases in front of me. I have a display shelf on my desk. I have the, the shelving back, you know, behind me. Um, I do try to display things because I'm kind of like a, a piece of what Eric said there. We're spending money on these things. And when you take that into account, all right, yes, collecting is, is fun. And some people look at them for the monetary value of them. Some people just like the excitement of the flip. Some, you know, it, it's about the hunt. It's just simply, you know, the checklists have existed since the 50s, probably before that. I think Alan and Ginter's back in the old days had checklists even on the back of the cards. So probably well, the late about 1800s. That, you, can go back, you can go back to the caramel cards, yeah. You can go back yeah, to the caramel so cards and some of those have got. Checklists have been around. Like, that, mm -hmm. that's been part of it. I think the biggest issue today that we suffer, and I'm going to tie this in a little bit with last week's conversation. Today, the hunt isn't as rewarding because 
so much is digitally accessible. We can get on an app, we can get on eBay, Beckett Marketplace, MySlabs, whatever, right? And then normally, at some point, unless you are looking for something extremely, extremely rare, you're normally going to be able to find it on there. So then the hunt comes down to, do I have the funds to purchase the item? And then, you know, if depending on what you're collecting, if it's something that's, you know, Eric, what did you say that that autograph was? $25, right? Yeah. That's not, that that's less than a blaster box, you know, and, and I'm not discounting it because it's a card you, you were looking for and you enjoy. Oh, I understand the point, yep. But at the same time, there's people that go to Walmart and buy 10 blasters, you know, so $25, you grab it, it comes in the mail, and, and you're right. We get caught up in this. There is cards that I have literally forgotten that I even owned because I would buy them. Cool, awesome, that, that hit of adrenaline that you got it, you know, that excitement. But then it just goes away because you didn't have it out to look at. You, you put it in a drawer or a box or whatever and just forgot. And I think sometimes we really do need to not put so much emphasis on the hunt, but take pride in the accomplishment of achieving the goal, right? And it, I have this display on my desk. I change it up every so often. I have the displays here. I try to change up every so often. Um, just because if, if you don't, then what really, you have to ask yourself, what really is the purpose of, of completing these checklists? If you're never looking at them, if you're just throwing them in a box, what good is it? This year, I haven't bought hardly any cards. And it is because... There was, what, two-year period there where it was mail day, mail day, mail day, mail day, mail day, and I start looking around. And there was a question posed, I don't know, th two, three months ago on a Friday Night Live. Um, yeah. We were talking about how many graded cards we had. Yeah. I, I don't know if you remember it. And I said, I think I quoted like 600, something like that. Yeah. I actually had forgotten two boxes of graded cards that I had that had about probably at least a hundred cards, each of them. I had forgot about them. Wow. So I underestimated that number. And then that kind of clicked with me. Look, I need to figure out what I have the most fun in, which ones, you know, I want to put out and enjoy and everything else. And it's okay to do that. You know, Eric's got a beautiful display behind him with the pucks and all the pictures and everything else. But then you look and his cards are and he has probably an insane collection in them, but they're all in boxes. You can't look at them. You know, I know, Carlos, your Medano is mostly in boxes, but you do take them out and reflect on them at times. You know how many Medano autos or whatever you own in your collection. So those are something that even though you're not always looking at them. You appreciate them and, and remember, Eric remembers a lot of the autographs and how he obtained them. So there is an appreciation there too. Yeah. That was part but of, we do get part caught of the that. reason why I moved and shifted some of the stuff to Z folios. 
because it allows me to quickly reference certain years and for display purposes on a lot of the cards it is an easier thing to flip through it and also be able to see rainbows and things directly in front yep. of you on a page so rather than them being in a box sequentially and, and whatever you can have them on a page and you can actually see at a glance what you've got and be able to get a little bit of an idea it, it filing from it's not necessary but it's a nice to have to be able to see those things and quickly visualize them by actually being able to visualize them. And that's how we all had it when we were kids. If you really think that's what we fell in love with because we had those three ring binders with those crappy plastic, you know, <laughs> nine pocket pages. And we would sit there and try to put our sets in order or, or our favorite players. We would put them all in there and then we would sit down and like, look at it like a book. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that that's kind of how we did it. <laughs> and, and it's funny that you mentioned that because last night, like I said, I want to try doing things differently. And last night I did exactly that. I got 25 new uh, cards for this 1992 um, Topps gold set, right? Which, you know, it's, yep. it's, it, it's a cool set, but, you know, it's not like the greatest set in hockey history or anything. But it's 526 cards. And as – crazy like every page has a hall of famer on it right or multiple hall of famers on it um and it, i and i kind of caught myself again i put the card in flip the page put the card in go and you know put them in their slots all over the between one and 500 something and i saw myself starting to do this and i stopped for the audio he, he was closing the binder and yeah and i was starting to close the, the book and like that was it i, I put them away that's it I, I stopped myself and i spent a great amount of time during um last night's football game looking at every single one enjoying the you know the photos on them i started you know i used to love reading the backs of cards because you know you know bobbles you're a little bit older than carlos i'm a little bit older than you a lot we didn't older. have for the, for the audio version a lot older like so <laughs> much older i i didn't have there was no internet if you know if you wanted to learn something about a player it was uh, a magazine you know hockey digest um or reading the back of the players cards you know so did that's did not what, to interrupt but did uh cuz i can't remember um, I know one thing I did as a kid, and believe me, when you mentioned the internet, that was just becoming a thing like my senior year. It started to become really popular. Um, did the newspaper have the hockey stuff? Because I cannot remember. I know baseball, they would always have like the box score and all that, but I can't remember if hockey was so, they sorry, had stat so lines you're, ta- stuff. you're talking about box scores specifically, like the, the outcome of games? Yeah, like stat lines and stuff like that for yeah, players for sport, hockey. I can't remember if, the, yeah, if that the was in there because I, oh, I wasn't yeah. into hockey yeah. then. So. Even, even yeah. as I was growing up, so again, Canada, but even as I'm, as I'm growing up, uh, the a lot of the newspapers had the, the sports section. It would be like a pullout. You could actually have the pullout of the sports section. Obviously, being Canada, hockey gets a ton of, right. of area in the newsprint. Yeah, you get full box scores of games that are going on, and then, of course, extensive articles talking about every single thing. Again, being in the greater Toronto area, we get a very heavy dose of Maple Leaf coverage. If someone had a bowel movement, we know about it. Somebody wrote a, somebody wrote a 500-1,000-word article about it so that we knew we, we, we didn't miss a beat as far as that piece is concerned. 
Yeah, you could find information. You know, we we actually have some quote, you know, Hall of Fame sports writers from from that time period, you know, uh, that are in the Hockey Hall of Fame because of their work they did in the Boston area covering the Bruins and in, in the NHL. And it was great that you could pull get the the Boston Herald or the Boston Globe, and and get really good coverage, um, of of the of the home team. And and read about them, and this player did that, and this was said in the locker room, and or, you know, and the coach's decision. What that was great, but I, I, if I want to know about the L.A. Kings, um, it, it was tough. So you'd have like you know, Hockey Digest that I would inhale, um, and literally, and, and, and he also yeah, read it, and, and try to get like <laughs> USA back in the day. I'd, I'd get a hold of USA Today. And look at their sports page because it covered, you know, uh, more other than just, you know, the the Bruins. But anyway, so to go back to the original point, I used to inhale the information on the back of these cards because that was the quickest, easiest way to learn about that specific player. Um, now you just hit Google and they'll tell you what he had for breakfast this morning and every other stat known to man, you know. But if I wanted to know anything about Brett Hull, I mean, that's the first card I'm looking at, enters the season with the highest goals per game average in NHL history was 797. I wasn't going to see that in the Boston Herald. So now that is how I would know about Brett Hull back in 1992. And even years later, that came into play a little bit as well, Bobble. So, like, for example, uh, it says here he's okay. You know, it's, 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 he's fine, I guess. You know, I, I think that I think they could have been elaborated a little bit more, but you know, I I feel like it encapsulated you know his career. For those uh, for those visual, uh, this is a this is a sight gag for Eric. We'll save we'll save uh, further comment for Friday. <laughs> I just need to make sure we included the sight gag since you invoke. Yes, this is the back yes. of the cards. Um, as we are five percent more mature on Mondays. <laughs> so. I, on Friday, I would have gone way, way in more yes, depth. Yes, and, and and we can and we I will have reactions on Friday for you, <laughs> uh, but we're going to be five percent more mature on Mondays. But anyways, reading the back of the cards uh, was a big deal back then, and I don't think, you know, when I see uh, anybody, young people or even older people buy cards now at the shop that I work at, they don't flip the damn things over. They just look at they look at the front, they see the name. And most of them are thinking, all right, well, this isn't this is worth money, this isn't, and they stop making two piles, and they literally will ask us to get rid of pile B. Do you guys want these? I don't want these. It's like you just spent X amount of money for a box and half to three quarters of it you want me to throw in the trash. It, it's like you're not even going to appreciate them. You're not flipping them over to read them. You're not looking at anything. You, you know, you, you're walking out of here with 10 cards out of a box that had, you know, 50 or whatever. You know, and it's like it doesn't make sense to me. That's not how I did it back in the day. And so I'm trying to get back into in that day, in back in the day mentality. So I had a lot of fun last night looking at these and reading the backs and looking at the photos and you know, and that's what I'm trying to do more. Again, to repeat myself, that's that's what I want to get back to. Um, you know, spending money on cards and chucking them in a box and running out of the room and not looking again at them for five years uh, no longer makes any sense to me. Sure. So, Carlos, you mentioned, and for those that aren't aware, 
Um, if you're a new listener, Carlos is in Canada. And so a lot of your transactions, you have to bulk up and get a shipment in of a, a quantity or another thing that I want to bring up here that could be part of this thing that we're seeing, Com C. You do a lot of Com C transactions, you'll get a Com C order in. I noticed when I did my f only time that I've used Com C, but when I got that order in, is it as and you deal with it more because you get more in through ship my cards or whatever, but yeah. Is it the same when you get in like 20 cards as if you get like one or maybe two, you know, bigger cards or exciting cards? Does the the bulk section of it kind of water some of the excitement down because you're getting so many at once? So I think you're touching on a very good topic, kind of playing into the overall theme, right? Um, what happens is when you do, ComC has an element of that, but with ComC, a lot of times with ComC, one of the advantages of, and we will talk more about ComC at some point in the future, there are some topics that touch on it very well. But with ComC, it's a mixed bag. Yes, you'll get some, you can get some higher end cards, some nice cards, and obviously you're, when you're shipping, you're, you're probably not shipping a card or two at a time. It's not cost efficient, you could, but it, it's not, it wouldn't make the most sense. But a lot of times with ComC, you're filling in, they're really good about filling in, you know, one $5 cards, which are still part of maybe a project you're working on or collection, which is awesome. But Ship My Cards is a really good example of that. Uh, because with that one, that's where I consolidate eBay shipments. And what happens is, let's say I could have, and sometimes when I do the ComC, uh, sorry, the Ship My Cards mail day, it's like one great card after another. So it's almost like they, they basically, uh, to your point, it, it takes some of the the excitement out of the individual card. They're obviously going to be maybe the, the card, and I, I tend to sort my cards out so that I pick some very select ones to finish off the thing with. I try to work my way up towards maybe the rarest card or the most exciting card or whatever the case may be. And I try to balance it out a little bit to make it interesting all the way through for myself and for the video as well. But if you've got a whole mail day, full of like amazing cards in different categories. It doesn't have to be the same. It can be player collection. It can be a great card for a set. So you got a Mickey Mantle. You got a great Brett Favre card. You got a great Medano card. You got a great, you know, Britt Baker card for that. And they're all great cards individually. They're all awesome cards, but they're all in the same mail day. You cannot give anything. It's due full attention comparatively to where if you look at the card by itself, oh, this is one of the key cards that I was missing. But it's in the midst of this gigantic mail day where it's like awesome card, awesome card, awesome card. But it gets lost a little bit in the shuffle just naturally because you're surrounded by all this stuff. It's the same way. Here's an analogy for you. It's the same way where you can take a professional athlete. You put them on a professional field and you take a professional athlete who's a good player, a starter. But if they're surrounded by superstars or an all-star team, you sit there and like, oh, yeah, they're a player. They're good. You know, they're good. But then you put them comparatively you put them in a game with normal people and all of a sudden you realize the talent level they're professional for a reason they're really good it's like they're, they're actually really good at this thing but if i surrounded them by people that are equivalent or even some that are a little bit higher all of a sudden they get a little bit lost in the shuffle where so you don't have a full appreciation for the talent that is actually there because of what's surrounding it if you if you get where i'm going with that analogy well, even outside of that analogy, you could keep it into cards. It's like going to a card show. 
not many people are going to a card show and picking up one single card to appreciate. They're going and buying, you know, a bunch. And then it's like, well, you know, which one is my favorite or Mm -hmm. the stories get slimmed down. And that's part of it too. You know, there's always a story to the card, how you obtained it, why you obtained it, when you obtained it and all of that. But if you're getting so many at once, that story might get lost in the fray because, you know, it was just part of the, the, the expo or the national or, you know, Chantilly or whatever. It, it loses that luster a little bit. So. I think I think though I, I I pulled the card out just for a little bit of fun just to just to poke some fun at Eric. But the thing is, your point though is actually made. That card actually makes your point, because in that little card show I went to, I go to that local card show without any expectations. I bring a little bit of money, and to be honest, most of the time I don't come away with PC cards, not because there aren't cards there that might fit or whatever, but maybe they're not priced correctly. Maybe it's a situation of like, yeah, they've got some cards that might fit into my PC, but they're priced out of whack. So I don't know what I'm going to get in. It's a bit of a mixed bag. There's some dealers that have some stuff I want, but the pricing's all wrong. And some other ones just don't have what I'm interested in. But in this situation, since I'm not going in with any expectation, I walked away in this card show with a box of like nostalgic, you know, junk wax era stuff that I thought would be kind of fun. And I'll, and I'll make some hay out of that on the channel. That'll be fun for me. Some entertainment value for me. And then I pulled this card. It's a very nice, you know, my teasing notwithstanding, it's a very nice card. But the best part of the story is that I saw it on the table and I was able to identify that it was, and for the visual, for the audio version, it's a 2003-04 in the game used. If you're familiar, you can, you can Google it and look it up. And that year, for in the game used hockey, they had jersey cards and they had jersey autographs. So they had the base version of it that's limited to under 100. So it already has a little bit of limited but they didn't number anything is the key to the to this point in the story. What happens is when you get the autograph version, so there's sticker autographs, but the moment you see the sticker on it, you know it's the jersey autograph. The jersey autograph were all print run of 10. That is the entire print run, but it's not numbered. It's not indicated anywhere on the card. So if you know, you know. So it's a situation where when I see the card on the table, I immediately know what I'm looking at. The dealer had a bunch of different nice cards and i was going to potentially ask about some of the other ones they had there but i just to fit into the story on a flyer i asked them about the card i said oh what are you what are you looking for because they didn't put a price on anything you know that's a pet peeve obviously we can talk about but they didn't put a price on anything so i have no idea the guy could have said three times as much the guy, i have no clue what he's gonna say and i decided that day i go well i'm already here i'll just ask there's no harm in asking and the guy came to me with a price that was lower, much lower than what I thought the card probably should go for. But again, I don't have comps. I'm going on instinct. I'm going on my gut, what it tells me based on what I know about that set in the past. So the guy tells me that price. Of course, I try to negotiate just the same. You know, you gotta, you gotta give it a shot. But in the end, he was able to accept the low end of his range that he was shooting for, which to me felt like a good deal. It felt like a bargain. So, yeah, I handed him the cash. I had the cash on me. Boom. Handed. That's the only card I bought. I bought one wax, one wax, uh, junk wax era box for my entertainment and one card. So the entire show, one card. And the rest of the time was me hanging out with Bobby, uh, you know, friend of the channel, Bobby Burrell. And we went and had lunch. 
when I had we, we we shared a beer outside and just chatted for a little bit, and then we saw the food truck outside. It turned out it was sushi. We were not into that. We went across the street and went to go get burgers. <laughs> went to go get burgers, and that's where I caught part of the game. So my story of the show is predominantly me talking to you about us chatting and hanging out, but I did make a transaction. I made one transaction. So I was able to give you all that additional detail because it was one card, one transaction, my thought process, what I was doing, how I was doing it. If I had bought like 50 cards at that show, I wouldn't have been able to go into that kind of depth because probably it would have been one in a mix of variety of transactions, which plays right into exactly what you just said. It, it, it's, mm-hmm. it went all the way down to one card and I wasn't there for hours and hours and hours. Honestly, I was probably there. I was probably on the show floor for maybe about 45 minutes. And I was only there for a couple hours, hung out, had some food, chatted a little bit with some folks that I knew. And then after we were done, I headed back to the house, took the scenic route back, and then it was a beautiful day. I went out for a walk. <laughs> and that was my Sunday afternoon. It was a beautiful, gorgeous day, uh, late September. It was, it was a good day. And, then, uh, and, I, and I felt like it worked out very nicely. But I can share that entire story. It was one card. The whole thing was one card. That was the entire transaction. Yeah, I, I agree with the point that if you know if you buy a, a ton of stuff, you know the, the stories get get lost. You know, for example, when when November comes, and I come up to Toronto, you know I usually come away with quite a haul, and there's no way I can remember, you know, every single card, where it came from, how much I paid for it, what table, what dealer, what deal I got, what deal I didn't get, what interaction. I can't remember all that. I may be able to remember one or two, you know, um, you know, we talk all the time about the Gretzky I bought last year. You know, we, we know there's a story attached to that. And, yeah. you know, we talk about that on Friday nights every once in a while. Um, and I remember, you know, the, 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 the Gordie Howe and the Bobby Orr autos I got last year and from exactly who and, and me meeting him the year before and hearing in, in trading stories with him. But I'm sorry, every- Bobby Orr autos? <laughs> and yeah and every other card or every other thing i i brought home i don't remember mm-hmm. what i brought home from last november and i sure don't remember the story behind any of it so you don't remember the body but that was that's it was a bit of an awkward i i was curious how you got to pass customs. we said we said i we assumed there were questions you're not the only one with bobby or autos boom i don't i, I, I don't see an i don't see an auto there <laughs> Boom. And again, and again, he can't. It's O A R. Bubbles. Does the, does the man not know how to spell or? Rowing this or. One, this or. one is rare because it says Hall of Fame 79. Very hard to find. This one's out of 35. I got, and I have more. They're just, I can't get to all of them. How, how many of them are out of 10 or less? Um, I no. Well, this is a one of one. Is it though? Like, can, can you even see it? Can you even read that, Bobbles? Like, I'm looking at it right now. It looks like a blob. It looks like darkness. It looks like is Aaron Rodgers is it a or is it a stick? Yeah. Um, this is uh, Signature Cuts. Um, I, I absolutely love the, the work this guy does. Yeah, I think it's a it's a custom card. It's a it's a yeah. custom card. Oh, okay. It's custom card. It's it's awesome. I wish I, I wish there was a way for me to, to show it to you, like, up close and personal. It's the, the picture of, of Orr is like 4K image. The autograph is great. Um, it's it's one of my absolute favorites. I love this thing. And, you know, it, it was, it's, it you know, it's a, it's a one of one because they made it by hand and 
and you know they they do it with a lot of different autographs and, and players of vintage times. So I even have a uh, Sugar Jim Henry version also, same company. They do a great job. More jokes forthcoming on the Friday stream, but uh, let, let's 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 hop back on the topic though. I, I had to have a look. I got a lot of the point though to Bobbles's point from earlier. I'm getting a lot of mileage and entertainment value out of the one card. See, I, enjoy, I knew it would enjoy. You know, take advantage of the opportunity to really enjoy and maximize your enjoyment out of the individual item. And I am, I am literally living that philosophy. Yeah, I, I will this, have a different. I'll have a different reaction um, on Friday because we're five mature on Mondays. There you go. But so, any other kind of thoughts? By the way. Um, Originally, we were doing the first segment on what's on our mind. Something slipped my mind, and I do want to talk about it here at the tail end, but I don't want to interrupt this uh, this topic. So is there anything else that we want to touch on as far as the, as the main topic is concerned about either the approach we take? We've all touched on different ways that we try to make sure we, we kind of stand back and at least either through display or through specifically putting some kind of a slow or a stop in the mechanism so that things don't just get lost in the shuffle. Um, I don't remember if it was in the broadcast or not, but I got a phone call a couple of minutes ago. And that phone call was actually from the automated FedEx thing. Because to ship my cards order, that means it's it's en route. That means before the end of the week, I'm going to get another ship my cards order. Funny that you mention it. And I know what's in it, and it's going to be awesome. But to your point, it's a lot of awesome cards. In I think it's the equivalent of 40 eBay lots. So it's a lot of stuff covering a lot of directions in my collection. But... The individual cards probably would deserve more of an extensive explanation or a story behind whatever. Obviously, I found them on eBay, but at the same time, some of the cards are tougher to come by or they're an interesting subset or whatever. And they're just not going to get that kind of coverage or, you know, explanation necessarily when you go over and they're part of a gigantic stack. And I have to sort everything out to even go through it without taking two hours to, to give more of a in-depth explanation. So unfortunately, that, you know. Some of them are going to wind up here on the desk. I'm going to enjoy them for a little bit because there's some really good stuff in there. But yeah, it, it becomes this gigantic mass of just constant influx. Uh, fortunately, now, because of the Ship My Cards thing, it, it spaces it out a little bit. But then it becomes a flood. <laughs> it, goes from a, it goes from a drought to suddenly this gigantic flood of cards coming in all at once. And it's like, I'll process it all. But stuff gets lost in the shuffle, unfortunately, just naturally because of that approach. Which kind of plays... Yeah, I mean... I, I learned, like, I haven't bought much this year at all. And it's not a fact of not enjoying cards or money or anything like that. Um, I just shared with you guys, you know, I was trying to buy a pretty nice card earlier, a couple days ago, actually. Um, it was more just, I had bought so much and, you know, I, I last Christmas I asked for the they're not Z folios but they're the ones that Target carries with the plastic thing and then the nice sheets in them. That's what I, I asked for those for Christmas, just so I could start building some binders to start putting stuff in to sit down and look through them. Um, you know, I had tried to get into collecting comic books, and those are neat. They have some cool artwork to them, but I'll be quite honest with you. One reason I turned around and decided that wasn't for me after buying some really nice graded comics, they're hard to display. And, you know, if you're not 
I just feel for all the listeners out there, whether YouTube or, or audio cast, um, just take a moment and, and take some of your cards that you haven't looked at in a while. Just take them out and look at them and just give them a few moments because you'll find that likely you forgot you had something or that you can appreciate that those that have been stashed away and maybe that would even help, you know, if you're worried about an eBay item or something like that, find what you already have. Sometimes what you have is already, you know, it's better than what you're going to buy. So just take that moment and enjoy what you got. So that, that would be my tip. <laughs> nice, nice. Any kind of uh, last thoughts on this uh, piece here, Eric, to kind of wind it down? Uh, yeah, I, I just kind of to reiterate. Uh, what Leroy said earlier and what Bobbles just said is just stop and smell the roses, um, you know, for collectors, for, for, for those of us who are collectors um, and really enjoy this, um, this hobby, go dig out a box out of the back of the closet you haven't looked at in a while and spend some time with it. Um, it you know, go back to being a kid for, for 15 minutes and, and just enjoy it. Um you know, stop rushing through it. You know, we, life is fast. We're rushing through our days. We're rushing through our lives. We're trying to get from point A to point B. If you actually have time to spend on your hobby, spend that time wisely and stop and smell the roses. And real quick to touch on that too, Eric said, be a kid again and take 15 minutes. And he mentioned the, the hockey digest and everything. If you happen to have some old Beckett's laying around, Pull those bad boys out and browse through them because it is actually really fun and it will take you down memory lane and give you that old sense of appreciation for what this hobby is really all about. So just take a moment and grab an old Beckett and just flip through it. Look at look at the articles, read the articles, read the hot and cold list, look at the prices and laugh because it's not that way anymore and, yeah. and just enjoy it for a moment because that's that's a lot of fun too. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Nice, nice. Now, uh, I don't want to spoil anything that's going to come down the pipeline here, but I actually, I had it for a while. I just hadn't gotten around to it. I actually dug it out the other day. I actually have a pile of some old baseball Beckets that I bought in an eBay lot with the intention of doing a video. So I got to go through them. I'm going to find some gems in there, and that'll be oh, a video it's fun. that I'll be doing. Yeah, the, I've got a couple different ones through the 90s. Uh, the, it's going to be a good time. I'm going to go through. I'm going to go through them, find some gems, and uh, and that'll be a lot of fun. So I'll I'll share it. I'll share it on the channel when I get a chance, and we'll I'll go through some of them, and I think that'll be an interesting. I think for some folks who are newer to the hobby, though, it will be illuminating to see what was going on in the early, middle, and late '90s because I think I've got a pretty good cross section of the decade, and you're going to get to see a lot of differences from coverage. I'll and give how things looked. I'll give one spoiler. And it's it, it'll tie into today's stuff that people should just kind of think about. When you go and look at them in the probably early to mid-90s, it would surprise most people if they weren't around then. Frank Thomas was the guy you would have wanted, not Ken Griffey Jr. Frank Thomas was more than Griffey. <laughs> I think we're going to find, I think there's going to be some fun, um, oh, there is. discoveries, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> I was around, I was around during the time. So I, I, for me, it's just, 
rehashing ground I've been on or reminding myself, you know, nostalgically. But it, I've had a chance to flip through a couple just for fun. Uh, it's been it's been a good time though. I I, I got a, I got some I got some nostalgia vibes coming up. That's why that's why that '92 Opeachy box that I was able to get. I was like, yes. I didn't I didn't get to open '92 Opeachy. I opened '92 Tops back in the day. Um, and the the set that Eric was showing is the '92 Tops hockey equivalent. You know, they mm -hmm. did, they had a similar thing. That was the first year of Tops um, Gold. That was the first year they had Tops Gold and the whole thing. And obviously, Tops Gold has continued to this very day in flagship. So you know that's been. A long-standing tradition now uh, for 30 years. Uh, now, Opeachy, I'm curious because I don't think they had an Opeachy Gold. I think it's just base cards. I could be mistaken, but I think that they don't have an Opeachy Gold. Uh, I, I don't think they did have the parallels because no. they never made the box sets, did they? I don't believe so. But that's I think yeah. that, that's going to be part of my research and, and finding it. Before I open it, I'll, I'll go and do my digging just to do my diligence. But... I already had a lot of fun looking at the box. By the way, you could have won one of 1,000 1992 Opeachy Premier sets as, as a giveaway from 1992. Oh, exciting. Exciting times, my friends. And that year was a complete um, replica of the 792 card top set, except since it's Opeachy, you get more of the Canadian teams. So they, they do adjust the checklist accordingly. You, you get a heavier dose of Jays and I think Expos. So you do get a little bit more of that. Obviously, plus the cards are en français. Oh. En français. And by the way, I was proud of myself because when I did my video uh, earlier today, obviously Devon White was on the front of it. I recognized the Rob Dibble card without being able to read the Rob Dibble, even though I, I didn't. Apparently it's in the recesses of my mind because I was able to call out Rob Dibble just from the side of the image. I was like, dang, I found the picture and stuck it on there. Like, nailed it. Nailed it, y'all. Over 30 years later, I nailed it. Good times. All right, real quick. Uh, speaking of childishness, uh, who wants some needless drama? I love me some needless drama. And it makes me sad that I missed it on the first go around when it was what's on my mind because I literally saw this right before we started recording. So right before uh -oh. I met up with you gentlemen, I saw this. Okay, so real quick. Long story short, WWE, uh, Panini, lawsuit. that has been updates to that. That's not what I'm talking about here, even though it's indirectly related. It's, it is related, but it's not specifically with that. That is still ongoing. We'll talk about it more on Friday. Don't worry about it right now. But just understand this is the this is the impetus of this whole thing. One of the YouTube channels that I follow is Wrestling Trading Cards on YouTube. And they cover a lot of the wrestling cards. So that's a big thing of it. Now, I know that wrestling is very uh, territorial. It's very um, fractionalized, like anything else. But really badly. It's very tribal. Tribalism is, uh, is, the, is the word I was looking for. Uh, very tribal. And the way they do the thing. Now, you know there is the WWE and the AEW tribalism. I'm wearing it like an AEW thing, so appropriate, given uh, what I'm talking about. But I didn't realize, and part of this is because I'm not on Twitter. I don't really pay attention to Twitter slash X to my, to my benefit because it's a cesspool. Uh, cesspool is trash. However, sometimes you got to go there because Paul Lesko, who's doing excellent coverage, credit to Paul Lesko, excellent coverage of this whole lawsuit thing and everything. Like I said, on Friday, we'll talk more about that piece of it. But in the course of looking at it, one of the things I was looking at is that apparently there's two factions of like people that are talking about the same thing. They're talking about the wrestling cards and they're sniping at each other so hard. And all of a sudden I'm like, ooh, tell me more. I'm so entertained. <laughs> I, I mean, Eric knows this. It, it fills my heart with gladness. It takes away all my sadness. It eases my troubles. That's what it does. That's what it does. That's what it does. But it's like, I'm like, oh, I didn't know y'all were that snippy. 
I literally listened to two back-to-back podcasts where they were like taking not so veiled pot shots at each other. I was like, dang, I didn't know y'all were pulling out the claws. <laughs> They're like killing each other over the whole Panini Fanatics thing. And I was like, dang, all right, I'm entertained. <laughs> I'm loving it. All right, cool. But here's what I want to know. Go ahead. Does Upper Deck take advantage of this whole dispute with your little hoodie there and AEW and try to move that up the the meter a little bit. So thank you for bringing that up. That's one of the, so that one on one of the two podcast episodes I was listening to uh, effectively competing podcasts, I guess I didn't even know this was a thing. Uh, I knew <laughs> about the one YouTube channel, but I didn't know the other guys literally did an episode like trashing the first one. I was like, Oh dang. Okay. All right. All right. Like I said, uh, Eric, my antennae were suddenly up. I was like, hold on, hold on, tell me more. I'm interested. But um, but anyway, so the, the thing was, one of the issues that one of them had with each other, and if I, I'll pull up the links and I'll put it in the description if you all want to check it. If you don't care, don't worry about it, but I'll include it in the description for you if you're interested in going down that rabbit hole. You're free to do so on your own. I'll give you a high level just so you understand what I'm talking about. One of the things that one of them was complaining about was that um, during the national, they had uh, that event, the main event thing that I had mentioned previously on a Friday Live. I talked about that they hosted an event for wrestling card collectors, aficionados. Uh, they did one of those kind of trade night kind of deals. A lot of them happened during the national, but this was a wrestling themed trade night, which mm-hmm. Panini helped sponsor. And the crux of a lot of this conversation, some of it is vintage versus modern, this versus that, tops versus, you know, versus Panini. So this still plays into it. This is still part of it. But part of it is the way they treated the WWE license. That was the main focus. However, to your point, Bubbles, about the AW thing, one of the things that happened is that they also had, so the wrestling trading card guys, we'll call them faction A, is wrestling trading card guys. And then the other faction is some old school collectors that do a vintage and some of the other stuff that are kind of upset with the first ones for being so uh, Panini friendly, let's say. Panini friendly is uh, the way I'll phrase this. So there is a bit of a friction going on with that and sniping because of that however the point is that as part of it they were actually able to get a panel during the national which uh, i believe is recorded i believe it is available if i can find it i'll include it uh for everybody's benefit if again if you want to go down that rabbit hole but i know that as part of that panel uh one of the guys that's in the wrestling trading card side did take a bit of a side swipe at the upper deck for their failure to release product and they're not big fans of the AEW product in general, which, hey, to each their own, you know, whatever your preference is, that's cool, whatever. Obviously, I enjoy it, but I'm not, I'm not certainly going to tell everybody else they have to. I don't care one way or the other. But we've also critiqued, kind of talking about it, that Upper Deck has not been able to release as much product as they probably should have. And I think, my opinion, that it's hurt the current AEW metal one. Because obviously, as I'm collecting it, I'm being able to find some stuff at a pretty good price for me. As a collector, it's great. Because the hype died down because of all the delays. That hurt. That the AW product itself is a lot cooler than it was. That hurt. All these are factors that I've talked about on my channel. But as a result, that's hurt it. And the next product is going to be a lure. But we don't know when that's going to come out. Uh, we'll see down the road. But of course, that's delayed. That's a 2022 product, not a 2023 product. And we're late in 2023, heading rapidly to 2024. So they were very harsh in their critique of Upper Deck and their, uh, how they've treated that license and worked with it. And obviously, they like Panini a lot, and these other guys kind of like Tops a lot, and as a result of that, they're, they're, they're doing a lot of sniping back and forth at it. But it, 
it's gotten very contentious and I, it's like eric I, i'm highly entertained the the level of contentiousness is the kind of is the kind of childish drama that i enjoy you do like your drama i do <laughs> but it's so childish which is what makes it great i did eric i didn't even know this was a thing and all of a sudden i'm like i've got a new favorite show and i didn't even know and i didn't even know i just wanted to kind of share that i i, I got a kick out of it i was like i didn't even know y'all y'all had your claws out dang okay and, but it was it was not so veiled shots they're basically like all but like cursing at each other via podcast i'm like dang okay all right but can't we all just eric man of peace can't we all just get along well you know it was it was a little bit like that back in uh monday night wars you know you were wcw or wwf very very few of us could go either way of positive or negatively um i don't i really it was all the same to me, but anyway, you know, but some people though, it was, you know, they were wearing their NWO shirts and their WCW shirts and they're all, you know, everyone's walking around going, you know, for, you know, life or whatever the hell they were doing. And, you know, then the other I know Eric, I know Eric, I know Eric was out there doing the for life. Yeah. And that, you know, and everyone else was smashing beer cans on that side and, and hell yeah's and you know in stone cold shirts i mean it was yeah it was at least crazy. at least not today you have the dignity of smashing beer cans on your own time as a grown yeah. man as an adult you know it's, it's fine right the smashing beer cans is cool uh but little kids were smashing their coke cans and engulfing them on you know it was crazy <laughs> so you know uh, so we, we know what a hot there. night over there at eric's house is oh y'all <laughs> ah! yeah yeah pepsi cans uh. so <laughs> You know, I, I remember seeing this and people would get into these big fights over, you know, which faction, you know, WWF or, you know, WCW. And, of course, there's me in the middle, you know, like a tennis match watching this. And I just lean in and go, you guys both know it's fake, right? Okay. You know, and but Eric, you know, we, we, we literally have already talked about hockey. And it's like, you still don't know that's fake. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, issue? again, we'll discuss this more on Friday. But, um People, I saw, I just saw back then people get very, very, very passionate and protective for the wrestling alliance that they're the biggest fans of. Plus, and, there was the one kid in the corner who said, EC dub. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's a couple of people that would sit and then they'd be like, quiet down over there at the kitty table. Um, you know, so I, I've seen it, um, you know, back in the day when it was in its absolute peak and heyday and i guess that passion for for this sports entertainment hasn't changed much but the, the now you've added sports cards with with high monetary value on top mm -hmm. of that we okay. had wwf sports cards for all the way back to the 80s i mean i had jimmy snooker cards and hulk hogan and andre the giant cards and you know, George yeah, I want to say for products. tops that tops and Opeachy both released sets for WWF in 85. I want to say, yeah, I mean, I had them all back then, they were worthless. But you know, know what else happened in 85 in the in the in the Super Bowl? So, I do, I think, full circle. <laughs> I guess, so, yes, yes, I always, like, always like to come back. That's that's mm -hmm. good. And look, uh, it's, uh, is it my fault that it just so happens it was the same year? That is so a fact, happens. sir. That is, is a fact. fact. It is a fact, yes. So, nobody was fighting over money at you know and their own personal money and investment in these industries back then you know uh nobody was fighting you know wwf versus awa back in the 80s because they you know 
they didn't have any monetary um, connection to it. Now, not only do these people that you're talking about enjoy different wrestling factions, they have invested their own money into their hobby and collection like you do with the dentist lady. Uh, you've spent a lot of money in that. Therefore, you want to see AEW succeed. So she will continue to have her career and move forward and more cards will be made by Upper Deck. So you would be fighting for that. Well, if the WWE people have no interest in the dentist lady and AEW, you know, they're over over doing the exact same thing because they've invested money into the new nice and shiny. Well, don't, don't forget, though, it, t- it goes a step deeper because to your point, look, I, I actually don't care. I enjoy it because it's fun for me at the end of the day. Of course, it would be nice. But the problem is I'm not selling it. So it doesn't matter. You could quadruple the price. And it's like, how does that help me? If I'm not going to sell it, then it doesn't do me any good. But, but they took it a step deeper because it's, there is that AEW element of it. But there's, but actually, the majority of the argument is WWE. They're, they're, they're not even just, they're not even arguing WWE versus AEW. They're arguing that that was brought up briefly. In, but that was one point of contention. But the main point of contention is they were arguing Topps' WWE treatment versus Panini's WWE treatment. And they were yelling at each other over that. So they were inside of the same silo. It wasn't even focused. AW got like caught astray, you know, as the kids say, it caught a stray bullet kind of on the side, you know, indirectly as part of an overall argument they were having. But the majority of the argument was inside the confines of WWE. You know, it's WWE on WWE crime. They're attacking each other over inside the same silo. So, Bobbles, this is why I was getting so entertained. I was like, I didn't even know you all were this contentious. I like talking about my wrestling cards here and there, but it's like, I'm not involved in any of this nonsense. Normally, I like to be involved in the dramatic nonsense. But in this case, I I, I didn't even know. I was blissfully unaware that this was that this whole war was going on. I was like, I didn't even know, y'all. What's going on? What's happening? Well, I just would like to say that I stand firm on a video I did a while back saying that Fanatic sucks just as much, if not worse than Panini. And I will stand beside that. I also did forget to mention a thing on the earlier part. Um, My apologies go out to Sam Howell. Um, Mm. I, I jinxed that poor kid saying that he was a better investment than Will Greer. And, um, saying that he was a good quarterback and that if he had an offensive line, he could be very, very well because yesterday that was not the case. So Mm. my apologies, Mr. Howell. Um, Yeah, you sucked yesterday. But anyway, um, I don't see fighting over tops slash or Panini because, and maybe I'm just being a negative Nancy, but I just don't see things getting any better. I don't see fanatics being the solution to the problems we have. In fact, I think they're just now the ones going to be putting the checks in their bank account instead of Panini. And where Mike gets, you know, some different brand names or set names or whatever. And the guards might look slightly different than, you know, what we currently have. But mm. other than that, I don't see it being any type of improvement. Now I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, and I thank you both yeah, for yeah. indulging me for a moment. I did want to, I did want to have a. It occurred to me, midway through our main topic, that I was like, "Oh crap, no!" I want to make sure I touch on this because I, as soon as I saw it, I, I my eyes went wide, like Eric, like Eric looking at a chocolate stick. I was like, "Wait, what? 
it, what? it's a different argument. You you I, I, went from, different. especially in the wrestling realm where you have multiple leagues, we'll call them as yeah. you know divisions or whatever of it. And now they're not even fighting amongst themselves of that. They're intertwined fighting nope. over the manufacturer. They're inside That's the main, crazy. They're inside one silo. That's why I say like it was like wait what? what? Hold hold on, hold hold on. Wait wait. I, I'm getting we'll, caught up. We'll Hulk, I'm getting caught we'll up. Hulkamania. <laughs> well, Hulkamania looked better on a tops than a panini. So for the record, for the record, I'll just state my opinion. Um, I understood, again, I'm not going to go too far down the rabbit On Friday, we'll hash some of this out because, again, this is drama. Now I'm entertained. Eric, now I'm amused. So we'll hash more of this after. But high level, high level, um, the point of contention, one of many, clearly, point of contention. And a lot of it is clearly personal. Like, it, it sounds very personal. However, one of the points of contention is the whole idea that uh, Panini, in their approach, um, obviously millions of parallels and doing all this stuff. And uh, they took a lot of the legends and released a lot of autographs of them. And one, one faction, so to speak, was complaining that that devalued. So like the Undertaker autographs were worth less because they had so many out there and Hogan autographs were less. And I'm now I'm listening to this whole argument. I'm sitting there like, as a collective, I want a freaking Hogan auto. That sounds great. I don't actually want to pay a lot of money for it. Like, I don't care. He signed a lot of P.S. Wrestling fans, if you think Tops is going to be better, go look at Bowman Baseball, where they're giving Babe Ruth a freaking first Bowman. Yeah. No, but I, I want to make but <laughs> bubbles, but I just want to make a point, though. That doesn't sound bad to me as a collector, because then I can pick and choose and find what I like. I can actually pick what... Oh, they make it in so many colors and various. I was like, dude, then I get to pick the one that I like. I don't need all of them. I can just pick one that I like, and it actually makes it more affordable for me as a collector. That's not a bad thing. And also, to the point, I think Tops did a bad job in their last go-around. I actually, I, I, I do collect the cards, but they're pretty generic, pretty forgettable, pretty plain. Um, and again, I collect them. It's not that I don't collect them. I do. But it's like, they were pretty generic. Topps' brand offerings are a little bit limited. And my point that I made previously, whoever is in charge of the wrestling license for Panini seems to be either A, a fan, or B, somebody who did their research. Because when I look at the checklist, I see some deep cuts in there. I see some characters that, yeah, I know them, but obviously I've been a fan for a long time. But they're not the names that come to the top of mind. Tops stuck to the to the classics. They stuck to the basics. Um, it was very generic. You, you didn't try to reach, you know, go a little bit deeper down the, the roster list and come up with some interesting or awkward or different names just for fun the Shockmaster is not a leg is not a great character but the Shockmaster is a legendary character in how bad it was but for the fans who know it's an infamous character and the fact that a Shockmaster card exists is entertaining there, there, there is a market where it's like actually that i would i'd have a good hearted laugh having the Shockmaster card and then explaining same we talked about touching on our main topic theme if I have a Shockmaster card, and then you're like, what the fuck is a Shockmaster? Then I get to tell you the story. I get to explain what it is, because this is a otherwise forgettable character that became infamous for how terrible it was. But that's a fun story to tell. That's the, I can, you can explain. You can give a little background. You can even show the clip on YouTube and, and the face of the other wrestlers who are like, oh, this is fucked up. <laughs> this, is, this is going south fast. And you can see it on their faces. And the, but the point is, you can tell that story. 
well isn't that already like way better than like three quarters of the forgettable cards that'll just be produced out there like you'll forget them in half a second because yeah just another one of these or another one of these it's like but the Shockmaster became a legend not for good reasons but it's it's a great story to tell if you if you know it so whoever is in charge understood that and created a Shockmaster card knowing there are fans like myself who would get a good good laugh a good chuckle and say oh man you actually made a Shockmaster card that's crazy but I mean, Tops, Tops just could, kind of produced the same stuff as before. They might. I mean, they did some taco card in Tops that nobody really knows Ooh. what the heck it is. Damn it, Bobbles, I know you want tacos. Don't lie to the people. They they haven't announced that I've heard of. I haven't heard of what the, the taco thing is. The re- taco I think they're going to give away tacos. I think it's going to be some kind of taco <laughs> giveaway. That That's my theory. Like I, I Based on nothing. That's my theory. But all I'm, all I'm saying is that I wasn't super impressed with the end of Topps' run with the license. Panini made too many cards, too many variants, whatever. I agree. But here's the thing. I like some of them. I think some of them look nice. I don't need mm-hmm. all of them. So I don't care if you made too many parallels because I'm not going to collect them all. But I can pick I, and choose the ones that I like. I think that's why they've actually, I mean, to your point, I think that's why they have made so many different designs, colors, and all of that. People get so sucked in what the the numbering is on the card. But I think the the reality of it is, is they're doing this because... It's sad to say, but the creativity level, you know, that's the element they've put into it to be creative now is what cool new refractor pattern can we add in there? What color can we come up with? You know, what color combination can we come up with? And that gives people, you know, back in the day, you mentioned earlier, the Z folio, you put a rainbow in there. There was yeah. a set rainbow that people, collectors, love trying to complete that rainbow. Today, it's virtually impossible to yeah. try to do a rainbow unless you're doing some common guy that like nobody wants out there. Um, but, like you also said, maybe you go for color matches or maybe you yeah. go for this specific... like Example, in baseball, I like the X-Fractors. I don't need every single color or whatever, but I like the X-Fractors. I like the pattern. I like the, the look, the design. That's that's my preferred. So everybody has a preference. So it gives options. X-Fractor. Yep. That's a gold, though. No, I, I get it. But look, since I had it within our that, That's out of my, my element, my league. No. <laughs> I'm just messing. Now, quick, quick, now, quick thing I want to say, though, just as a close-off to this topic. I don't want to hear anything from the from the you know tops fanboys there because at the tail end, you know you can complain about Panini and its different things. I will say that in a lot of the inserts and stuff, they were good about the photo selection, and we'll see if Tops can carry that on. But I'll say Tops was really lazy with the photo selection at the tail end. They would have image variations that were just the same picture cropped in, and it's like that's not an image variation. That's the that's the same picture. What are you doing? Like what are we talking about? And they, they didn't use a full extensive list. Of, but then, you know, Panino could be like, yeah, we got all these parallels. But yeah, if you look at this insert, it's a different photo. If you look at this other set, it's a different photo. We're using different photos from different gear, different all kinds of stuff. So you're at least getting a variety. 
if you just want to collect a couple of samples of each, you're at least getting a different picture or a different image and different matches and whatever. So as a collector, I feel like I'm at least getting, again, I'm not out here to apologize for Panini. Panini is screwed up left, right, and center to get themselves in the state they're in right now. They're making a lot of, and they're still making mistakes right now. So the idea though, to Bobble's point, the idea that somehow Tops is going to fix it is like, well, they actually did kind of a crummy job last time. And it sounded to me more like it was Panini fanboys arguing with Tops fanboys. And I'm kind of sitting back going like, okay, dang, okay. I, I am willing to solve this, this debate once and for all. What I would like someone to do is to send me a version of a Panini and a version of Tops of Jivy Superfly Snooker coming off the top of the cage and something new and shiny. Mm. I will then compare the two and I will judge which one is the best. Wow. And then that will be the end of it. That'll be canon. I want to see Jimmy Superfly coming off the top of the cage and on something new and shiny, I will then make the decision. Interesting. Interesting. And on that bombshell, uh, more to come on Friday as I discuss this newfound drama that suddenly has enraptured me and entertained me to degrees that I cannot fully explain. Uh, again, entire podcast to throwing shade. Eric, entire podcast of shade. I was like, dang, all right, all right, boys. That's it, you want to do it? I like it. And then I went over to the Twitter sphere, the cesspool that it is, and they're lobbing grenades. They're out there lobbing grenades at each other. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Man of peace. Oh, yeah. Yep, yeah, that's what you are. That's all I'm saying, man of peace. Uh, man of I'm peace. looking forward to it. Uh, I look forward to uh, encouraging all sides to join us all in a peaceful discussion in Thunderdome. Next logical step. It's the only thing we can do. I don't see any other options. Has to be done. All right, gentlemen, any last thoughts uh, before I do one quick uh, thank you to AMG Collectibles, and then we'll call it an evening. Last thoughts? I just say again, uh, smell the roses. Stop and smell the roses uh, with your collection. Um, you know, I hope that, you know, the three of us have, have at least put a bug in your ear. So, you you know, the next time you, you get something new, you'll you'll savor it a little and enjoy it before you just stick it in a closet for five years before you see it again. And just, just to touch on that, um, you know, times are different now than what they were the last few years. A lot of the people that are in the hobby at this moment may have either joined or rejoined over the course of the past few years. If you take that moment and sit down and pull a box or a binder or whatever out and sit and look through it, realize it's okay. If you're not connecting with those cards anymore, maybe free up some space. Free up some, some hobby fund money. You might take a loss on them because you know things are down a little bit now. But if you don't want them anymore or if they don't have any meaning to you or you just bought them because and now you're like, why did I buy this? Let them go. You'll feel good about that, too. And then, you know, maybe you can put that towards something else that you really want. So it's not always a bad thing. Indeed. Or if worse comes to worse, go on social media and sling uh, sling Topps Panini uh, hate. That's a thing. <laughs> That's another option. Do that too. You can do that, too. I guess that's an option. 
But yes, I, I agree. Uh, and a good, fun topic. Good, fun discussion. Thank you, gentlemen, as always. Uh, also, want to thank AMG Collectibles for supporting the channel. And as I mentioned earlier, there is the trade night that's going to be on Friday, the card show that is going to be on Saturday. And if you want to get details and all that information, check out amgcollectibles.com. I'll include a link in the description as well. And go check out their social medias because they promote a lot of that stuff. And check out the AMG uh, Collectibles YouTube channel. Nothing on there yet, but there are some plans in the works to start putting together some content that will be on there, especially talking about products, especially coming up about some of these new things that are coming into it. And thank you to them for supporting the channel and what we're doing here. And hopefully uh, we're able to direct you over their way so you can check out some of the stuff they're doing. Good stuff. So for Eric Sanderson to Orr and Bobbles and Ball Cards, both whose contact information is also in the description, uh, if you're checking out the YouTube version of this and you saw a lot of our visuals, thank you. Uh, if you're checking out the audio version of it, if you could leave some kind of a comment or five stars or whatever it is in the podcast app of choice that you're on. But on the YouTube version, if you could like, we always appreciate that. And if you want to leave a comment or have a question, we may include that in a future episode if it comes up and it's kind of a QA. Go ahead, Bobbles. Just to cut in real quick, Thank you to everyone who has commented and for those who said that they 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 have a hard time dealing with it, you know, because they can't troll Eric. I'm going to give this one a shout out to Bob and I'm going to throw out shut up, Eric, just for Bob. And then for those who said that they have enjoyed this because they've enjoyed the, the conversations and everything. Really do appreciate you guys. I was not expecting to read that on the comments of this podcast, but. That was nice to read. <laughs> Eric is I'm trying being, to figure out how to balance being, out his response. I'm being 5% more mature on uh, Mondays, mm -hmm. but I will have plenty to say to Bob and name uh, <laughs> regarding their comments on Friday. Something to look forward to. For the YouTube channel, folks, more videos coming up on the channel. Friday live streams, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we take the gloves off. But I am still a man of peace, but in a less so. 5% less. <laughs> 5% less mana fees. Other than that, thank you all for checking it out as always. We will catch you in the next one. Thank you.